0: here walks across the dead ball line now sprints back for manly up he goes changes direction this is rugby league folks have a look at it links up with cherry evans it's still on for manly away from hess kicks in field look who's there tom Tra- i'm the big chase there
1: my goodness Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, I'm your host Tim Williams, we're back for the final preseason edition of the podcast, pumped out five or six episodes thus far, round one starts next week, we are less than a week out from team this Tuesday, very, very exciting times, Christmas Day as they call it for us Supercoaches, so looking forward to it. Here to run through it, all with me is Quantum CEO, Supercoach Weapon, Adam DeRussi, Ads, how are you mate?
0: I'm very well mate, I'm very well, looking forward to uh, having a chat about Supercoach.
1: Mate, there's uh, just you and me today. There's no Spyderagon, no Desideragon, no Walsh to speak any logic. Um, how are you feeling?
0: Mate, it sounds like Group 1 company. It's, it's good to have <laughs> nothing wrong with the small field as long as it's Group 1 runners. So um, that sounds good. Yeah, well, I'm that Group runner, Group 1 runner when Winx is in the field
1: and there's five other runners and some country horse. just It just nominates to get the fifth place cash money, I'm like. But hey, that's, we'll take it. You're Winx and I'll be that country horse. So we'll run with that. <laughs> Mate, on today's show, it's a club preview special today, basically because we're running out of time and I've got six clubs to get through. We're going to get through three a week, but mate, we didn't get close to that with all the other topics and jibber-jabber that we got onto. Uh, we will be previewing the Dragons, Roosters, Broncos, Titans, Panthers, Warriors, six of them. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a chat to break it up with Adam's team. Not sure if we'll get him back on before round one closing in. Chat about the sort of issues and questions he's having with his side. Uh, next week, I know there's been a few questions about it, but we'll we'll implement a cheapies chat about it. I'll have a cheapies article out on Friday. was going to do it a little bit earlier in the season, but we have a much better grasp of it now. So I think it would be uh, better to chat about it later on. We'll go through the team list, all that sort of stuff. And guys, if you haven't jumped on and had a listen yet, the latest episode of Beers and Breakevens, my new podcast alongside the Rugby League Guru, is live Uh, Light shot from the bloke in the bar studio. So very fortunate to have access to that one. Jump on and have a listen and let us know what you think about that one. Ads, let's start with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Starting the season against the Warriors, Panthers, Sharks, Eels, and Rabbitohs. So it's a pretty tough draw to start the season, mate. Did their preview a couple of days ago. Not a lot of Supergoats interest there for me. One bloke who did take my eye is Tyrell Sloan who has this mass attacking upside, looks really good. The big thing is, mate, he's available at fullback and centre wing. Is he a guy that interests you there or are you thinking he's a little bit raw in a questionable
0: outfit? Mate, he looks a good player. Like I saw him the other night. He's a very exciting player. I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to um, afford him, to be honest, just in terms of the side I'm looking at. Like there's so few... um, Dollars to go around once you try and get those guns in. So mm. at four hundred and fifty grand, I think I'll have to pass relative to some other guys out there. But who knows, I might be getting it wrong. Like he does look a very good player. I think I'll just have to run that risk at the moment myself.
1: Yeah, he's been in and out of a few of my sort of preliminary teams, never really in, far more so out. I just see a lot of risk with him, despite the obvious upside. When you look at guys like Katoni Stags at a similar price, your Daniel Tupus, a few others who are just much safer, more proven bets. Uh, I tend to go towards them sort of players. Sloan for me is a guy where we can watch him play the first two rounds, particularly the round two Penrith, which is a bit of a worry, uh, a bit of wet weather around sort of leading into round one. If he comes out and fires, all right, sweet before the initial price rises, we can pick him up for round three. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm seriously tempted to go early, but I think uh, the safer strategy will prevail at this point and I'll I'll stay away from him. Mate, Talatau Amone uh, looks to be getting the halves roll at the Dragons. Pretty cheap. He's around about 280K, also a dual 5'8 centre. Uh, mate, is he in your team at the moment?
0: He is. He um, I haven't seen a lot of him. I've seen a little bit and he looked good. And then I saw him in that trial the other night. Again, I didn't watch the whole match, but I saw just there was just one run he made where he, made, he, he I think he dodged about five players. I thought, okay, he's got some attacking stats in him, this guy. So he is currently in my draft side, man.
1: Mate, Zach Lomax, in a team that doesn't have a lot of supercoach guns, Lomax is just that. Uh, Regressed last season to an average of 57 from 68 the year prior. Only played 12 games last year. Injury stunted him a little bit, but, mate, very good footballer. We all know that he's a very good goal kicker, which is huge. He starts at four ninety six k. Is he a guy that tempts you a little
0: bit? Yeah, he is, mate. I mean, we were talking about this before before we started recording, but he's he's currently in my side, and I think yeah. You know, if anything, I, I like the fact last year was a regression just because it's, it's dropped his price a bit. Mm. Uh, I know you were death riding him the year before when you went on your <laughs> run, but, uh, so you were. But but most of us had him in the side, and he was he was great and. So I look at his goal kicking and he's and again he's got some big attacking stats in him. So uh, I've I do currently have him and I'd love a way to keep him in the side. So like when I look at Sloan for four fifty versus Lomax for just under five hundred, I'd rather pay the fifty k extra for a goal kicking centre like Lomax, who's shown he can score Super Coach wise before, than take the risk on Sloan. And who knows? I guess in the first three weeks, if Sloan's coming out and killing it, you can always. You can always trade then and you've got the money to do it, where it's tough to go the other way. So, yes, he is in my side, man. Funnily enough, the two blokes who uh, my
1: coming second came down to that year was Zach Lomax, who I didn't own. Katoni Staggs, who I did own. Uh, well noted on this podcast that he may or may not have done his ACL, the poor bugger. I've currently got Staggs in my team, giving him his third lifeline in the Kuma Stallions. Zach Lomax, not in it, so... Mate, uh, if you ever call me a bit of resentful person, I've got a pretty long memory and, and I'm still going with these sort of guys. Mate, anyone else at the Dragons that interests you? For me, not too, too many options, but I've seen chatter around, around guys like Jack Bird. And I mean, to be honest, that's about it. I mean, C- Cody Ramsey starts in that sort of late 200K bracket, but not as a result of lesser minutes last
0: year. Is there anyone else there? No, you've picked out the only two blokes that I've got, which Mm. even then I'm worried about. I've got two attacking dragons and a lot of people are saying they're not going to go any good, although I think they'll go better than people are saying. George Burgess is the other one I looked at, but then, to be honest, I just think there's other front rowers who are a little bit cheaper and probably are going to get similar minutes and numbers to Burgess. So, uh, no, they're they're the two I'm looking at at the moment. Mate, onto the Sydney Roosters, who I've got
1: pinned, unfortunately, as premiers this season, draw to start the season. Knights, Seagulls, Rabbitohs, Cowboys, Broncos. So pretty good there. Two tough ones in the Seagulls and Rabbitohs. But at the same time, there's far worse draws out there. Their team is absolutely stuck with Supercoach Guns. Did their analysis as well already for the website. And, mate, you could go pretty close to making a case for nearly their entire 13... Starting on the cheapy front, I'm pretty well going to lock into my round one team. Whoever gets a start out of Joseph Suwali, Kevin Naguama, and Billy, bloody what's-his-face, Billy Smith, who I'm a big fan of. Um, at this stage, it looks like Naguama probably starts on the wing, Momorowski and Manu in the centres, but then there's questions around Luke Keery. Um, of those cheapies, are you happy to lock them in or do you be a little bit hesitant on them in terms of job security? Kevin Nguama's a bit over
0: 300k. What do you reckon? Yeah, Nguama's price bothers me a little bit, but I, th- I think you're right. Like, if you look at last year, Brett Morris and Ikevalu were both doing really well <coughs> on that wing. And it's just such a hot backline, mate. Like, it's just, it's, like you, there's just so many super coach points in this side that. And and you're looking for those high upside cheaper wingers that you can find, and so any of those guys would tick that box. So I think we're all probably wanting it to be someone like Suárez because he's a bit cheaper, but uh, or Billy Smith. I can't remember what he's priced at, but um, pretty similar. Yeah. Than. So so yeah, I think I think whichever way they go, I'll have to do the same yeah. and, and pick pick that winger. Yeah.
1: Uh, mate, I don't think we probably need to talk about James Tedesco too much. Last day seasons, averages of 87, 95, and 84. Uh, that's with injuries all around him last year. I think we've both locked him pretty safely into our teams. Mate, Sammy Walker, I speak about over and over again how uh, just impressed I am with this kid. He His first five Supercoach scores as an 18 year old were 81, 89, 21 against the Melbourne against Melbourne in Melbourne, which we won't hold against him, 125 and 163. He starts at 546K off a 62-point average. Spent the off-season under the tutelage of Cooper Cronk, gun team around him. He played half of last season injured as well. Mate, I I haven't looked twice with Walker. He's in my team. Do you like him?
0: Yeah, I think you've talked me into him. Like I read your article the other day, and he's just at a price point where you think he could be a gun. And at that price point, he's you know like he's he's four hundred thousand cheaper than Cleary at the moment. And don't get me wrong, he's not going to do it, Cleary. But he we know he can post big scores if he's got the goal kicking. Then, um, man, he's hard to leave out. I, you, and I saw your article. Do you think he's got the goal kicking?
1: Yeah, I do. At this stage, I saw a few reports from Momorovski seems the logical one. Otherwise, and there was I think there was a quote from him saying he hadn't been focusing on his goal kicking in the off season, which suggests that. I mean, it's sort of nearly got to go to, to Sammy Walker. I mean, Takiyaho is an option, but long term, especially with his injury history, you wouldn't be keen on him. Adam Kieran's the best goal kicker at the club, but he's probably off the bench. So, mate, I think Sammy Walker does kick, uh, although unconfirmed. But if he kicks that in a team that could be putting 50 on for fun, uh, that's a lot of points.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's just got, like, again, you saw Luke Kiry the year before. Like, he's just scored so well in that back line. So if he's got goal kicking, he just adds that base. I mean, mm. I would think if Kieran's on the field, he'd kick because he's he's a quality goal kicker, that guy. But uh, all in all, like I look at Sam Walker and I think I'd like to find a way to get him in my side. The only reason I wouldn't is if I try and get Cleary in there. But I just don't know that I – again, I, I look at the rest yes. of my side with Cleary and you know, I, I just struggle with with just bringing someone that expensive. So, yeah, I do like Sam Walker. Mm.
1: Angus Crichton is a bloke who's been in and out of my team all preseason. Currently not in it because I like a few mid-range back rowers. But, mate, 650K, I think that's based off a 74.5 average. So I think price point-wise, that's about what he should be. We know that it's important to look for value when you start your round one team. He's as solid as they come. He based 50 per game last season, offloads, bust tackles, all the great things. Has a pretty decent upside. He can score a try, 90-18 games last year. Are you keen on him?
0: I'm terrified leaving him out because mm. I think he's like he's just, to me, like one of the keeper second rowers by the end of the year we're all going to want. But he's going to play Origin, so you know he's going to miss some games in the middle of the year. And I just – he's probably just 100K more than a couple of other guys you look at, you know, like Josh Curran or whoever it might be, and you think I get a bit more balance in my side if I bring in – a current instead of Crichton, but again in that side with all that attack, like he could, yeah, you know, I can see how he scored even better than last year's, But he's just such a reliable option because he scores tries and he he's also got a work rate. But at the moment, I've left him out, but yeah, it hurts leaving him out.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't begrudge anyone starting with him, mate. Daniel Tupu is a pod at CTW that I'm seriously considering to start this year. It, it's it's uh, and mate, you spoke about last time you're on the podcast about where last year was won and how much of it came down to nailing these big ceiling players that inevitably sort of came from the spine uh, and the centre wing region more so. And Daniel Tupu is a guy that I see improving significantly on his 14 tries from 24 games last year. He's rock solid. He has won a base 32 per game last year, one of the best bases for a centre wing. Last three season averages of 59, 71, 56. I see so much upside in him. I'm pretty tempted. What do you reckon?
0: I'm probably going to pass, mate. But I've never been a two po guy in my super coach side. But in saying that, he's been consistent for a long time, and and he's a quality player. So I certainly wouldn't want to put anyone off. I think, like you say, as a pot option, he's a he's a, you know three percent ownership. He's a great pot option. I just I just think myself I would go a Zach Lomax or a Katoni Stags in front of him, and I can't afford both. So. Mm. I'll probably pass on him, but I can see why you know, someone like yourself might want to go for him. Particularly if you if you're loving the Roosters uh, to do well from a super coach point of view, then you know he's get, he's going to score a lot of points.
1: And that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm so high on. have been in in previous years. I know the Spies massive on as well, but it's just chasing these the backline players from gun teams. It's it's. I mean, it's pretty straightforward tactic, isn't it? It makes sense. These teams are going to be scoring more tries. Uh, then say, the Dragons, who could come out and be 0 from 3 or 4. They might be 4 from 4, but they're not a team hyped up for the new year. The Roosters are probably going to kill it, let's be fair. I just see so many more
0: try-scoring
1: opportunities for him.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit like, like I'm a big NFL fantasy guy, right? And so every week they have their you know NFL fantasy playoffs. And, and to win, you've almost got to decide which side is going to do well and then mm. stack your team with those players. And so I think it's a bit like that. With a season like last year, if you'd have combined you know, Daily Cherry Evans with Ruben Garrett with Tom Turbo, like the three of them killed it in attack and as a result you had to have all three. And yeah. that's, you know, Tim who won, he had all three at the end and that's why he, he basically blew away the field. So, again, it could be the same with the Roosters. It could be that if you've got, you know, Teddy and Walker and Kiri and the two wingers, like maybe they're just doing so well that mm. it, that combination, you know, those players together is better than any team with only one of them. So... Um, obviously, it's a high risk strategy because if the roosters don't do any good, you're you're, you're exposed. But it's hard not to send them doing well,
1: at and the that's moment. it. And it's I mean, people have this mindset that you can have too many players from one team, particularly attacking players, because they share points. And look, I get that, but in a very good team, it doesn't worry me. Like these players are proven; they've proven they can score well together um, in a good team. Whereas. I definitely wouldn't do it in a bad team. There's people looking at mm-hmm. running like three Broncos, center wings or halves or whatever that might be, fullbacks. That's an issue because if they don't score points, these players can get none. But the Roosters aren't going to score no points. There's always going to be tries on offer. So, I mean, if you were to, you know, take three, four options from the Roosters' back line, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, agreement. Mate, Joey Manu, thoughts on him? I've seen a lot of interest elsewhere. Chanty maybe plays 5-8 to start the year. But I mean, Kiri won't be too far away. We don't think so. Let's let's go on the proviso that he's at centre. Any interest?
0: Uh, look, I won't I won't have him. But again, I think I made that mistake last year. I think I talked about that before. Like I made a mistake of thinking he wasn't a super coach relevant player, and he and he definitely was last year. Uh, that's just, again, it's against just the price point for me. Five hundred thirty nine thousand. It's just a little bit more expensive than I can afford there. So I I won't go with him, but. I Man, he's a quality player, so again, you wouldn't want to talk someone out of him. He's, he's he's a great player. For sure.
1: And I've had a few questions come to me about him, and I've sort of said that my stance on him is that I'm not that keen on him. I think I don't think last year was an anomaly of a year for him, but it was comfortably his highest average. I average mean, sixty one and a half last year. A few years back he was fifty-six. Before that, all under fifty. But we saw the game change last year. Um The big thing he did which got people excited was the back end of the year, he played that Tommy Turbo roving center role, which I'm so high on. I think every team with a player capable of doing it should be trying to do it. And Manu's perfect for it. When he did that, he was basing like late 30s, early to mid 40s, which was massive. If he does that again, he'll be massive. But at the same time, I say massive way too much for the record. I just realised that one. Um, but Joey Manu, not for me, but Fired, he could change the tune one or two two rounds
0: into the season. Uh, Luke Geary. No, Kier- sorry, mate. You, you could conceivably pick all seven backline members of the Roosters and, and, and throw in Angus Crichton, and it's not <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I think that would be too much. But all seven of them are highly super coach relevant. Hmm.
1: Big time. And if, if a few of them do go low, that means that somebody else is getting the tries and probably pumping out 80s and 90s. So you, you absolutely could. Hey, guy. Oh, sorry. Just I jump onto that. Luke Keary. I just, there's a lot of doubt over him at the moment. We had NRL physio on with ads actually the other week and he mentioned, I think it was one player in the history of Supercoach or thereabouts had come back from an ACL injury and averaged more the following season. Uh, he's in doubt for round one with injuries. Didn't play into the trials. Enough worry there or concern to not start with him. Guys, $30 for the SC Playbook NRL package for this season if you would like to subscribe. $40 for all our content for 12 months. NRL, AFL, BBL gives you access to hundreds of extra articles throughout the season, access to our WhatsApp group alongside all our contributors and the SC Playbook community. Eligibility to win our major unlimited group prize. The code for the unlimited group is 511034. So jump into that one uh, if you're interested in getting on board this season. Ads, uh, we'll break up the team previews for a second and jump into, as I said, we may not get you back on before the season starts. So I just wanted to ask you about your team. It doesn't have to be a lengthy chat, but what are you thinking at the moment, mate? Are there any uh, areas of your team you're having concerns with? Uh, any areas you're very keen on? Pods, mate, spin us a yarn.
0: I think I'm concerned about all of the team at the moment until <laughs> I see the teams next week. I, 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 Ryan Pappenhausen being in doubt and, and looks like he's not going to play, that has just thrown a spanner into the woods mm-hmm. because I I don't want to be left without him if he starts in round two. So I want to make sure I've got the cash to bring him in if he starts. But there's no one else at that price point that I really want in there. I guess I could bring in Nico Hines. But, um, so then I started looking at bringing in Turbo, like I guess a lot of people did, and that just decimates the rest of your side. So... That's killing me. At the moment, I've got Damien Cook at Hooker instead of Harry Grant. Um, well, talk us through that, mate. Well, I'm just buying that theory that, you know, Cook said he wants to get more involved in attack now that um, Reynolds has gone and Gagai's gone. So I like that talk, whether he then delivers or not. I mean, I think he's, he's, a, he's a gun super coach player at his best, and last year he just wasn't as involved, and he's talked about wanting to be more involved. So yeah, I guess I'm buying into that and thinking if he doesn't do that in the first couple of weeks, he's, he's gone. And so liar. I've got him. I've obviously got Chad Randall, like everyone. <laughs> um, uh, Zach Lomax, I mentioned, he's probably one of the key pods I've got. I'll tell in the second row. like I just, I think you know, you've talked about him and I've got the same logic. You, know, you can't see his price going down, um, although I'd love him to have a quiet round one against the Bulldogs. But yeah. uh, I've got Max King. I've got him there as a cheapie. I mean, I guess we'll all wait for cheapies next week. But I've watched the Bulldogs trials and he's looked good. I'd be surprised if he's not on the bench. I don't think you had him in your 17 the other day, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not on the 17 for the Dogs. Okay. Yep. The, other, the other it's uncertainty it's... for me is that um, took himanu at, at the Tigers, Like he's heavily owned. So that's the only thing putting me off him is he's is, <laughs> is he in an any pot option, but he just looks like a front row with, with upside scoring potential. And so I've, I've got him in there at the moment with Payne Haas, but I'm wondering if I'm over overspending there or you know would you be better off going a Fenua Blake instead of you talking about it just in terms of proven yeah pedigree. so
1: it's, it's an interesting yeah. one and I'm having the same issue that I'm looking at my front row I think I've got currently Fenua Blake maybe Arrow in there and I just it just looks the position not to overspend doesn't it but that's easier said than done if there's no mid-ranges around 3 to 400k emerging I mean, it's, you sort of, it forces you to go the 450, 500-plus K, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and obviously if Payne Haas plays anything close to 80 minutes, like he just becomes a must-have. But mm. last year he didn't, so it just depends on what Kevy does with him. And trials yeah. are hard to tell because I watched the game the other night and I think he played the first 40, and so that was a good sign, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play 80. Um, in fact, I don't know how many times Kevin's played him for 80, so I've currently got him. But, again, I think I think more than 50% of teams own him, which is just yeah. crazy. Antipod. So, I like the antipod there. Yeah, I mean, Teddy's, own, Teddy's owned less than Payne Haas. I and always the, thought Teddy's yeah. a no-brainer, you need your side, but, you
1: anyway. know. And he's, Payne Haas isn't going to hurt you by not owning him to start the year. He's not going to be 800K before you know it, punching out tons. I shouldn't say that. He's, like, there's ability there to do that if he bags a few tries, but – he probably averages his seventy-five, maybe eighty at best, uh, which would be not ideal. But I still don't think it hurts you too bad. When if you've downgraded just to, to a front row for you know four four fifty k, saved another one fifty k, you spend in your CT dub on a more higher ceiling player. I just feel like that's
0: sort of the way we should be approaching things this year. Yeah, I mean that's what I wrote in my article the other week, and I've just got to keep reminding myself of that because at the moment I'm still falling into the old trap. I've got Payne Haas there like I say, I could save a hundred grand by moving it to fenil Blake and then upgrade I don't know, like a Selwyn Cobo to someone at four twenty instead of three twenty, who maybe's got more upside and more proven capabilities, like you know, mm-hmm. like a Katoni Stags, so for example, yeah. instead of Cobbo. So as so as I'm just as I'm saying that, I'm thinking I'd like, be silly not to. You, you trade down Payne Haas a little bit and you you know you cost yourself a little bit, but Stags has to have more upside kind of Potential slash um, confidence than a uh, Sylvan Cobo is as good as he looks.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not scared by not owning Payne Haas. I'm scared mm. by having to own Cobo ahead of Katoni Stags because mm. you know Staggs could punch out 150. Cobo could too, but you know what I'm saying. There's there's it. I think it's money that could easily be spent elsewhere. So, um, no mate, all interesting takes. Anyway, let's get on to the Broncos. And we've already spoken about a few of them right there because we spoke a little bit about Payne Haas. Uh, I did want to touch on just a little bit more Katoni Stags because you all said you're tossing up between he and sort of a Zach Lomax. I suppose, what is it? Is it purely the the injury concern with Katoni Stags that's making you hesitant? Because I've 100% got him locked into my team to start the season. I think 433K is phenomenal value for a team that starts the comp with a good draw, Rabado's round one, very tough. Bulldogs, Cowboys, Warriors after that, followed by the Roosters. So it's a pretty good first four weeks. Uh, and, yeah, mate, I've got Katoni in my side.
0: Yeah, look, and I think I probably will in the end as well. Like, I think what I would, what I want to do is I want to play around with my side to find a way to get him and Lomax. So then it's more consistent with what I've been saying, which is, Invest in the guy go- in, in, in centers that you think could go big, and and they are two that I think can go big. And Stags has just got that class about him. Like you think when the Broncos are in trouble, who they're going to go to? Like it's Stags. Like he's he's the class player in that backline. Um, yeah, Adam Reynolds aside. So yeah, look, I think I'll find a way to bring him in. The things that put me off, obviously the injuries, um, at which you've experienced more than um. Anyway, I think <laughs> yeah. he's gone down the I'll next. I'll put week you on mute in him. a second, mate. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, he should be personally writing to you to ask him. To, to know. <laughs> but the other one is just forty percent ownership. Like he's he's no POD. He's heavily yeah. owned. So again, he's more highly owned than Teddy. Which, uh, but again, it's it, it, it. He's not a player I want to anti pod though. So I think I'm going to have to probably upgrade Sylvan Cobbo to, to Stags, right. like I said.
1: Yeah, and, and Cobo's a guy, I don't think he's locked into the fullback spot of the injured Tessie New as much as we think he is. He, he may very well be the mm-hmm. round one, but tough round one matchup against the Bunnies. At the moment, 320K is very awkward, so I'm a little bit hesitant on that, provided if he is, especially if he goes back to the wing within a couple of rounds when Tessie comes back, uh, it makes him a tough one. And this is a little bit uh, contradictive of myself, but Jordan Pereira is a guy I do have in my team. As it stands, uh, he's that 60K cheaper at 266K. Provided he plays round one, I don't love it, but I like him as a player. I think he gets through a fair bit of work. Pretty soft draws, should score some tries. Uh, do you like Pereira for round one?
0: But he hasn't really piqued my interest, no. Mm. Um, I, can, I can understand why. I guess the main reason is I'm not looking at the Broncos thinking they're a title contender about to run in tries everywhere. Like I, I don't want to be overweight on Broncos attacking players. Like Stags, I think Stags could do it in a losing side, but yeah, I don't want to be overweight on those guys. Whereas you know the Roosters, as you said, they could be racking up cricket scores. So that's the thing that puts me off on Pereira. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I like it, and it's. I mentioned, I think maybe in last week's podcast, but. Just because a guy's cheap, it doesn't mean they're just because they're cheap and playing eighty minutes. It doesn't mean they're a buy. And and you look at someone like Cody Ramsey, who averaged seventy-two minutes last year for thirty-one points. You know he's two sixty-eight k, but he's not. You know, downgraded on this back of playing forty-five minutes, or you know, spending a lot of time on the bench, or injuries, or downgrades because he only played four or five games. He just didn't score well, so. Mm -hmm. Pereira there I mean there's not a heap to suggest he's had some okay averages in the past but uh, there's not a heap to suggest that you know he's definitely going to score well and make money for your team so he's far from a lock Nate, the other one which we're going to know in less than a week's time but Corey Pax has come from the clouds a little bit at 205k dual halfback hooker appears to have jumped Jake Turpin in the pecking order so round one Corey Pax if he's Name to start at nine. Turpin is at 14 or not in the team. Let's say terms at 14. Is Corey Pax in your team or not?
0: 205 k, very it's cheap. Mm. Mm. I don't think so. I think I'll have to have a look. Like, I'm just looking at him now. He's, he's got a point per minute historically of 0.5, albeit in you know, limited minutes. yeah so he's not like he's a worker. So Chad Randall probably gets me more excited even though he's just a tackling machine and he's only a little bit more expensive. So look, But, but I'll, I'll have to read up from you know, Broncos fans as to what they know about him that I don't because so I'm not, I don't know a lot about him. Uh, but, yeah, clearly you're going to want to set a, a cheap hooker. You'd be tossing up between people like him and Chad Randall. Uh, I definitely wouldn't want to go with both. I'd, yeah. Neither yeah. I a, uh, one. I. I've had him
1: I've had him, in, I think I had him in the past at one point, Corey Pax, and he, watching him again in limited minutes, but I think he got a starting role for a little bit there. It may have been last year and a bit of a running game on him, but nothing that screamed by me, but 205K for a starting hooker. Uh, it's one that I'd probably want to see a utility named on the bench as opposed to uh, Jake Turpin there. So mm-hmm. with, particularly with Billy Walters there, he's able to cover hooker should there be an injury at number nine. Um, they do have options. Their Katoni starts can go to the halves if Walters gets had to go to nine. So you know maybe they do name Pax as an eighty minute hooker. In which case, hard to ignore. But again, these are all questions we're going to know uh, within a few days. Nate, I just think yep. job, like
0: job security has to be an issue around those Big time. six and the nine on that side, right? Like I, I don't know that Kevy knows what he's doing yet there. Or, you know, no offense, Kevy. Like he's, I, don't, I don't think he's got an obvious six or nine. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays around with it a bit the first few weeks, depending on how they go. And I I, I think the Broncos are going to have a pretty ordinary year, but maybe that's just hope.
1: Well, that's it. And, and put it this way, I've heard strong word, very strong word, that Adam Reynolds is a long way from from being a lock to play next week in, in round one. So it wouldn't shock me one bit to see him not named, which then means you've probably got starting halves of, let's say, uh, Billy Walters and Albert Kelly or Tyson Gamble. And then, you know, if, if one of those other, it looks like the halves will be Reynolds and Billy Walters, but if Abbott Kelly comes out and kills it round one and they beat the Bunnies, you're not going to drop the bloke when basically yeah. throughout the preseason it was a 50-50 call. So then Billy yeah. Walters drops out. They don't have hooker cover. Does that mean Turpin comes onto the bench? Uh, you're right, mate. It's instability that it makes it a little bit hard to go there. But anyway, it's one more will wait and see. The Gold Coast Titans start the year with, games against the eels warriors raiders tigers and eels so it's a pretty good draw let's be fair particularly if the eels uh, are only okay look good in the trials but don't need to go to read too much into trial games it's a nice draw there's some interesting players there let's start with the big boy mate is david forfita in your team
0: at the moment he is he is and i think i, I just i'm just too scared to leave him out if that to play <laughs> 80 minutes he's, he's the first guy i, pick. I could just You watched him in that All-Stars game, and he went for that one run, and you're like, oh, man, imagine not having this guy on your side. So he is is absolutely there, and I'm willing to spend the bucks to keep him there.
1: I had lunch with a mate today, actually,
0: mad Bunnies
1: fan, and and we were talking about Supercoach, talking about players. We were talking about Dave Fafida, and you didn't have him. I said, mate, no Fafida, what are you thinking? He goes, oh, you know, I've just watched him in the past. I think he played the Bunnies last year, and he was on about 140 at halftime, and he goes... Yes, he come out and was scored about seven points in the second half and just didn't have a crack? I'm like, I'm looking like, at that deterred you, you reckon? I'm like, he's put 140 points on in one half. Uh,
0: and he scored, didn't he? Score, he scored two or three tries. One of those tries, I remember, he ran up and he made the Souths forward pack, who were you know, not a not a dud pack. He made them look like they were three years younger than him in the under 16s. Like he just bounced them off like mad. I remember the game. It's, it's, a, it's a funny reason to not pick him though. Oh, so do I. Man. I, was, I was funny. The
1: the things that stick out to you as a result of Supercoach scoring. I was sitting at the Baddow Bay Hotel having a beer. I think I ditched uh, my family who were, were up there on a little vacation to go and watch it because I had so many such a vested interest in the game, and I didn't own him. And I just sat there and was like almost in tears at this table watching Dave Fafita <laughs> just put on a mask. Us. And I think I swore from that point that never again would I not own that bloke. So man, I'm with you straight into my team for for round one, and way too scared not to own him. Uh, what about the rest of the Titans, mate? Because not a lot of options. There's options. There's none that I particularly like. One that has come into a little bit of consideration who I'd be lying if I hadn't looked at more recently is Bo Um 380K, really awkward pl- price. Looks to have edged Kevin Proctor for a starting back row role. Dual second row forward, center wing. There's a case to be made there. 380K is a bit a bit of a tough one. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I, I can see why people are looking at him because he looks like, you know, he's dual position, he's second row, you can pick him in the centres, all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure he's got the high ceiling of what yeah. we're talking about morning in the centres to win win the comp. So I'm looking at thinking, okay, don't don't pick a guy like him because he doesn't have the ceiling. Now, again, I could be wrong. This year could, it could play out again differently this year. But at the moment yeah. I've left him, I've had him in my side in the past. So I've watched him a little bit when I've had him in the side. And he's a good player and he can score a try, but he's not, I don't, I don't look at him and think he's a high-ceiling guy, so I'm I'm going to run without him.
1: And you think he could come out and average, you know, 55 and be rock solid, but when you look at for sort of 50K more, these Katoni Staggs and I think about 30K more, Tyrell Sloan's, these folks who, who can on their day pump out 150s. I mean, we've spoken about it about four times already on this podcast. That's sort of the ones you've got to be chasing and hope you land, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. So that's why, you know, again, but, you know, but some people will, you know, you don't want to all think the same. So some people will go a different way and think you pick the reliable scorer and he's going to be a pretty consistent scorer if he's starting in second row and, it's, and you know, in centre, that can be, that's a fair strategy if you want to go that way.
1: Exactly right, mate. I know the spy is keen on him, so I'll be death riding him as a result. Mate, anyone else <laughs> at the Titans or we move on from
0: them? Oh, you can move on. The, I mean, the other guy, I mean, Big Tino, I think, you just look at the way he plays and you think at some point he's going to be a super coach behemoth, I reckon. Yeah. But his minutes worry me. Like he, he played 60 minutes, I think, last year pretty much. And uh, if he was playing 80, I know he's a captain now, so he's, he's probably going to step up in responsibility. But and at 500K, like you think he's got a lot of potential. But I don't have him on my side at the moment. But he's the sort of guy that it wouldn't surprise me if at some point in the season we all have to own him. But yeah. I'm not going to start with him.
1: Yeah, I started last year with him, and I know he's not old or anything, but he's one of them guys who you sort of sit there and go, oh, super coach potential, potential, potential. It just doesn't seem to happen for whatever reason. Generally, it's minutes that sort of don't come his way or they chop and change a little bit too much. But for whatever reason, Tino's never quite hit his super coach straps. But with the captaincy on him, maybe a few more minutes, this year could be the season. Mate, moving on to the defending premiers, the Penrith Panthers, Start the season against the Sea Eagles, Dragons, Knights, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs. Pretty good draw there. A uh, couple of tough ones against Manly and the Rabbitohs. Pretty nice elsewhere. Lots of super coach options. Uh, Isaac Targo, I think if he starts the year, he'll be in everyone's team. And I would not be getting would not be looking elsewhere or trying to get tricky. Don't need to talk too much more about him. Mate, Brian Toto uh was just absolute mammoth last year. He starts the year, for good reason, uh, top dollar, 736k off an 84-point average. In the past, you'd get to someone like that price off a career season and say, not a hope in hell am I paying up for him. Supercoach has changed. We've chatted about that over and over again. Would you consider him at the price or is it a little bit too high?
0: Too high for me. I think it's that, as you say, it's just he's coming off a career season. It could easily be... Yeah, I I think he will be one of the centres you have to own at the end of the year. You know, he'll be in all our sides. But at some point his price is going to have to dip. Like, centres can't just consistently score like that. And I I just find it too hard to to squeeze him in the side at 736k. As much as I think centres are going to be important, you know, am I that confident that he's he's worth spending 300k more than Katoni Staggs? No. Like, but Hmm. he's a fabulous player. And, And even the Penrith side, like, I didn't watch a trial the other night. I'm, I know trials don't mean much unless um, you're a depressed Bulldogs fan. But <laughs> I, I, did did you watch that game? Like, what what happened in that? The game? Penrith Eagles one. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: I, mate, it was just Parra turned up, came to play. Uh, Penrith were missing a fair bit of key personnel. Cleary, of course, Liam Martin wasn't on the edge there, among a few others. So, and I, I tend I tend not to read too much. The only way I read into trials is, which isn't going to please you too much if you give a rat about my thoughts, but it's when a team has a, a new crop of players and result-wise, who gives a rat? But you want to see them starting to gel and come together well, um, and yeah. that's as much in defence as it is in attack. So they're the sort of things I look out for among a few super coach pointers. Um, and the dogs probably didn't quite click the way you'd hope them to, but again, mate, a lot of new players in that side, so it's a thing that's going to take time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and I think I mean I was looking at it similar way to you, which was I think the dogs just want to win a game just to get that winning feeling back. Mm. So they, I thought they'd be go ahead, but at the same time, it is a trial. Like it's like it's like horse racing, mate. You don't you don't go off trials, and you know I think last year the Tigers pumped pumped the seagulls in a trial, so it doesn't doesn't mean yep. a lot, but. Yeah, I just saw the thirty six. You know, it did surprise me because when I saw some highlights, I saw Parramatta running through a few good players. So, anyway, okay, I won't let that put me off. Because, <laughs> yeah. but either way, T-O for seven hundred and thirty six k and twelve percent owned. I'm I'm betting against that. Myself. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm a little surprised. He's only twelve percent owned, but as we said, for that price, I've touched on it in, in past podcasts, but. Off the back of your article, and for anyone that doesn't know, referring to Ads' article, he's he's compared his season last year to Timmy Moody, the overall Superguets' champion season, uh, what worked for him, what, dif- what didn't, and sort of with a, a great summary of of what we learned from the season. So jump onto the SC Playbook website and check that out if you haven't already. But what I learned from it was that, or my take from it, was I'm trying to find the Brian Toos, your Alex Johnston's, your Ruben Garricks of the new season – that are currently priced at 450 500k they're out there somewhere they might not average 85 at the end of the season but they might start the season on an average of 90 to 100 and get to that price so we can sell them off or do with them as we please uh there's players out there who can tick that box so I'm trying to find them before they get 750k and cash in mate who else have we got here at the Panthers? few to get through but one who's sort of come into contention for me a little surprisingly, because I've never really been too crash hot on him, uh, but it is Liam Martin, who I just think he should be playing an 80-minute edge role, running off Nathan Cleary, he runs one of the better lines for a back row in the game, great footballer, averaged 58, average 58 minutes last season, should I say. <clears throat> if he goes in an 80-minute role in the Premiership-winning team, uh, at 428k, I like him. I think he scored three tries last year. I think he'll improve on that a lot. Uh, and at the moment, he's a mid-range back row in my squad. What do you think?
0: Man, I think he's a fabulous player. Um, I remember talking to Josh Jackson a couple of years ago at the Bulldogs and he was telling me after they got dusted by Penrith just how good Liam Martin was and how hard mm. he did in, in defence. So he's a quality player. But I, I don't know. He only scored over 80 once last last yeah. season. In a year, that the side won the comp. And I know he wasn't playing 80 every week and stuff like that, but I just – I just don't know that he's got the upside that I want in um, my side. So in saying that, you know, you've got to pick some some guys. But, again, I'd rather spend it. I know you've got both, but I'd rather spend a little bit more and get Tao Malolo, who can go huge. And and I'd be looking around and say, is there another guy that can do that? Like last year, Tim, who won and had Tupanoa for the Roosters. And, he's, yep. you know, yeah, you, you look at him, he's an attacking second round. Are there guys like that? Uh, but, he's a, mate, he's a fabulous player. Who knows? Like you say, he, maybe... Maybe he can okay. score more tries than last year, and that's actually the opportunity. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Uh, Talion May is one to look out for. He, I expect him to get a start at some point. May play off the bench to start there. He's an outside chance to play uh, on the wing for them, although I think they're probably looking elsewhere at the moment. But good footballer, and he'd be a powerful back three if he slots in there, mate. Anyone else at Penrith you wanted to touch
0: on, or are we we shooting on? Well, you skipped... They've got a young halfback you skipped over. I don't know, Cleary, he's... <laughs> He, he's one co- I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things. I've heard he's got potential. And and I, I think he's got super coach potential as well. I'm just not sure I can afford $950,000. Oh. i am so scared to not start with him because he's mm. just by so far the dominant halfback. And he's got all that attacking upside I'm talking about. So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to afford him. But equally, I don't, I don't know if you can win the comp without him, you know? Yeah, and so. I like that. I oh, want to find a way to get him in my side, I reckon, but you can't have him in turbo, so. Yeah, exactly right. I, and you maybe can't I, have either of them.
1: Yeah, well, I think provided his name to play, look, Penrith aren't going to risk him in round one if he's not good to go. It's as simple as yeah. that. Why would they? It'd be like ridiculous. So if he's named, I think he's good to go. The other thing with uh, Nathan Cleary is, even if he is a little bit reluctant to run the ball a little bit, whatever. We saw in the back end of last year, he had that shoulder injury and he was fine. But he accumulates, we know, through goal kicks, repeat sets, tries his beat off passing or kicks or whatever. The man knows how to put a super coach score together. And if he's not taking on the line and as much, uh, I'm not too, too concerned. But round one, if he's there at this stage, he'll be in my team. But as you said, gee, it's a price to
0: pay, isn't it? But
1: I would what like to have that. The reason that there? is
0: if, if you don't have... Either him or Turbo, and it's and it's kind of your side can look a lot better if you don't have either of them. But so mm. it's very tempting. But if you don't, you kind of then your captaincy option. You're probably limited to to Desco, yeah, um, or for feeder maybe, depending on matchups. Whereas I think if you've got Cleary or Turbo there, one of them, you've at least got a little bit more matchup friendly guys. Like Cleary could score hundred against anyone. I'd always be happy to throw the captaincy on him, same with Turbo, and I just worry that if you don't have one of those that you. Not only did you miss their big score, but you miss a big captaincy week maybe. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to have to try and find a way to bring him in.
1: And, mate, I have the exact same mindset. Like, imagine if you don't start with Turbo or, or Cleary, there's every chance you probably don't get them. I mean, the idea is that you're waiting for a price drop. So you're probably not getting them to around five, maybe, you know, anywhere from sort of around four to six when a price drop hopefully comes in. And if they do go nuts and don't drop in value, it's going to be very hard to achieve. So imagine those first four or five rounds, knowing that, you know, let's say 30 odd percent or 40 odd percent of people out there between the two can pick those guys as captains in weak matchups. Uh, Tommy Turbo against your dogs in round three might be one of them potentially. Um, mm. And you're sitting there and you're scraping it. You know, the Roosters have a tough matchup, so you can't do Teddy. And you're thinking, oh, Dave for feeder, but he's carrying that shoulder. Uh, you just want to be able to lock in, say, one of Cleary or Turbo,
0: don't you? Yeah, I think so. And, like, you look at Cleary in the first five weeks, he's got Manly. Okay, that's a that's a tough one. Although Manly conceded plenty of points last year, so he mm. can score against Manly. He's got St George, Newcastle, Souths and Bulldogs, Broncos in the first six weeks. Like, that's a Cleary-friendly draw to me.
1: What happened? So, yeah, we'd, we'd be about due yeah. for a, about this time last year, a Tommy Turbo Corso hamstring injury, which could open up uh penalty 3 run game pretty well, <laughs> making Cleary a must-have. I thought
0: it was in the, no, it wasn't the, wasn't the hamstring injury in the shower. The Corso was just a, <laughs> you know, was just, just just incredible timing coincidence.
1: Bloody, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, mate, where are we up to now? Top Sport punting play of the week. If you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. Home of the best same game multi in the business. The footage back next week, and I can't wait to jump into the these. Value is immense. Uh, we'll again be previewing their markets starting from round one, of course, looking to follow on from a profitable 2021 season. If you're linking up, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Ads, have you found us a bit of value for round one or for the season ahead? Of maybe cheeky futures.
0: Oh, <sighs> mate. Unfortunately, I think the biggest value in round one is the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I know that sounds. I'm not. I'm not negative on the Bulldogs. Like I think we can win, but but like, the Bulldogs are currently favourites. I think like we like, were last night. Mm. Bulldogs are favourites in round one against North Queensland in North Queensland. Like I don't think that's an easy draw in round one. You know, I know the Cowboys, I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are going to be a top eight side. Like I'm. I'm yeah, I agree with most with them, but I don't want to play them in Townsville in round one either. So yeah. Um, they, to me, look like, – I, I think they start favourites. So, you know, again, their, their trial form was pretty good last week and the dogs was – you know, they're still gelling. So I'm amazed at their are um, underdogs. On the season, I, think, I reckon the Sharks will go a bit better than maybe where they're placed. So I like them. I, I think I think there's some value at the spoon, but um, <laughs> probably it's in my own side again at 15 bucks. <laughs> it's almost like crazy, crazy Osborne. We haven't proven anything. I like the sharks actually as like a top eight yep. value again. Yeah. Well, you can get what have
1: we got here? Uh, there you go. Cowboys dogs a dollar ninety a pop. So mate, on that one, as you said, if the, the dogs, as we said, it's, it's going to take them a little bit of time to uh, to gel and get going there. So uh, mate, probably not a, not a fair play. Bad play. If you're saying that on your own team,
0: I'd be loading up, but no, <laughs> it's get, not get good. It. Trust, uh, trust me, I'll, I don't. I won't be backing him because no amount of uh, win can emotionally offset the loss. But <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just think it's a much tougher draw than people give it credit for. Like week one yeah. in Townsville, I'd, I'd yeah.
1: Big Jason Townley with a point to prove. 150 SuperCoach points on the way. Thank you very much. Uh, mm. My one few futures plays on the top try scorer market. <clears throat> Brian Toto at $26, Ruben Garrick at $21, I think are tremendous plays. Probably more so Toto, my only knock on Garrick, although I think it's great value, is that Garrick probably needs Tommy Turbo to be there all season uh, and fit to, to be a strong chance at that. If Tommy Turbo is there all season, he's probably top try scorer, but Firey gets a lot of easy tries just off the back of those sweeping plays from Turbo. So I like Garrick. But Brian Toto, $26 uh, in the Premiership winning team. Mate, I think he's a serious player as well, so they're the ones I'll be looking at. Mate, let's finish up with Walson Carlos's New Zealand Warriors who start the season with games against the Dragons, Titans, Tigers, Broncos and Cowboys. So certainly one of the friendlier draws uh, to start the year there. A few personnel changes and probably the big one to talk about, few options, but Shawnee Johnson, who, mate, we know how good a footballer he is. We know how good a super coach player he is. Unfortunately, we know how bad his injury history is. Uh, he's a guy that I looked at for a brief period of time to start the year. I couldn't look past the injury history as much as I love the bloke, but 462K, I know a lot of people are having trouble finding any sort of value and, and sort of upside in their halves aside
0: from injury, he ticks a lot of boxes, have you considered him? Mate, I did consider him. I had him in my side and then, mm. and then NRL physio um, forced me to scratch him. him I had him and Kiri and then I was like, Whoa, what am I thinking? I'm mad. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, and, and I remembered him going down last year. In, in, and, so, and, and you yeah, know, he, he is a guy like he's a, um, he's a fabulous player, right? He's just unfortunately with the injuries he's getting, like, they look like um, older man injuries. And so you do worry about getting <laughs> younger. Like, you know, hammies and even just talking about maybe not goal-kicking because managing himself and all that sort of stuff. Speaking uh, from experience I, there, mate, or just, just throw it out Yeah, well, eh? actually, it yeah, might more like bad back and stuff. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, again, 462000 it's hard to pass on him. Oh. But, again, in my head, I look and think, okay, but Tim Moody last year when he won – he passed him and brought in Cherry Evans. Almost everyone brought in Johnson. Yeah. He brought in Cherry Evans instead, and he almost won Supercoach off the back of that decision. So Johnson's not a must-have. He, he does get injured. So <laughs> I, at the moment, I've left him out. But um, if, if he if he comes out killing it, I'll, I'll blame him or a physio and I'll bring him in pretty quick.
1: Yeah, light the blow torches and we'll go up to physio headquarters and burn the place down. <laughs> Ten games last season. The seasons before that, <clears throat> 16, 17, 18. Doesn't sound too bad, but that's still an injury every season. So it's like, you know, it's a concern. And the one thing I I will sort of touch on, another another spy philosophy. I hope he's not listening to this one. He'll love this podcast with all his uh, raps and non-raps. But if you do start the season with these injury-prone or injury-affected players with niggles, whatever – it's only one trade to get them out. If you're getting them mid-season or post-round one, should I say, it's a trade to get them in, trade to get them out. That's two, double the trouble there. Uh, so I think there's less, ri- less risk associated with starting the year with them. Uh, it's once the season kicks off and our teams are locked in that it becomes a little bit more of an issue. There could be some potential sort of cheapy, mid-range, backline players to consider in the forms of Jesse Arthurs, Rocky, Rocco Berries, uh, the young fella, what's his name, Viliami... Vaielli, don't know how to pronounce that one very well just yet. We'll work on that. Um, but guys to look out for, but all going to be pending team this Tuesday and the side that they throw out. Mate, Adam Fenua Blake is a guy that I have in my team at the moment. I'm not thrilled about it. No knock on big AFB. I just want to spend low in the front row, but I'm struggling to find players cheaper uh, than Fenua Blake that I like. at 505k, do you like him?
0: Yeah, as I said before, I think I'm going to downgrade Haas to him. And look, I'll, I'll keep looking around there at Front Row, but look, he scored well last year. I thought, and what he he averaged, well, he must have averaged what sixty or something, fifty eight uh, for the year, fifty eight
1: last year in right? fifty five minutes. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he and he just he's got that upside potential. I thought I thought he just looked pretty good. So yeah, I am looking at him, um, but he's not a certainty to stay my side. But he's he's a proven super coach player. I think. Yep. Yeah.
1: And he's got that
0: – we know he can jade the odd try.
1: We know he can set up the odd try. Um, as I said, there is a bit of a ceiling on him, which you just need in your front row, especially in this day and age. I don't want some old plotter punching out 65 for me every week. I want those big scores. Mate, the back row interests me at the Warriors. And I'm, I'm a little deterred from going there because I don't know what the minutes are going to be. Josh Curran, who was a revelation, particularly in the back end of the last season – He's a thought there, sort of mid to late 500Ks. Ewan Aitken is super popular as a dual center wing back rower. He was also massive last season, basing at about 50 per game uh, in his new back row position. Elias Katoa apparently has been revved up, got his game back on track. We know how good he was a couple of years ago before going off the footy rails a little bit. All guys I could make a case for. Toru Harris apparently recovering quite quickly from his injury, but surely he's not going to be back too soon. Any of those back backrails interest you?
0: I've currently got Josh Curran, but I mm. think he's one of those guys. I'm, I've got him in there, but I'll need to go and think about that pretty hard over the next week, just to just to go back and have a look at how he plays because he, he, I just like the way he played last year, just in terms of his attack. But uh, again, five hundred eighty-six k means he can't. He's not a certainty to stay. Like he, you know, I, I'd rather have a Cameron Murray if I could spend a bit more and get Cameron yeah. Murray instead of Josh Curran. You and you and I can. I'm gonna pass because uh, he's he's twenty percent owned, so he's pretty heavily owned. I think I'm going to pass just because I think a lot of teams are probably bringing him in at Center thinking, oh, it's a dream. you've got a second row forward, you can buy at center four hundred and eighty six thousand but again, I just don't know that there's the upside of some other guys at four hundred and eighty six so again, I've got Lomax instead of Aken as an example, but you know i, I can yeah. see I can see why some people would would go for him.
1: The back row is to Center. But dual back row centres in the centres, it's a bit of an old school philosophy, isn't it? Like these days, you'd nearly be more tempted to go the centre wing side of it and play them in the back row. I mean, maybe not quite, yeah. but I mean, that that's sort of, I think it's people are getting a little bit too caught up in that, which isn't a thing. On Josh Curran, uh, it looks as though he'll be playing lock to start the year. How do you mm. feel about this in terms of a buy? Work rate probably increases. Does his, are his attacking opportunities limited? Do his minutes change? Like, How do you feel about all that?
0: Yeah, well, that's that's my uncertainty. Is I I don't I probably don't know enough about the Warriors side and like style as to what they're going to do there. So I'll 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 keep an ear out and eye out for um, any articles from yeah. You know, there's a few Warriors fans who obviously get involved, like Walson just to see what Walson's, they is doing. They're the doing. team preview for us as we speak. Yeah, perfect. Like I'd, I'd be interested in what he says because you know he he knows that side. just like you know I would know the Bulldogs. He would know Curran and what role he's going to play and. How excited he is! So I'll, I'll look for guys like that to see whether I might. There's, there's risk in that because I just I just don't know, mate. Yeah,
1: now I'm a bit of a wait and watch on the Warriors as well too. But uh, I dare say Walsh is going to have about forty five thousand words of analysis for us to sort of delve through that, which would be a good read, I'm sure. Hey, Ads, uh, wrap it up there, mate. Thank you. Uh appreciate you coming on once again. No problems at all, mate. Good luck to you and your dogs in round one. <laughs> yes,
0: thank, you. thank you.
1: All right, cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.